But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-Wing. We're still out of power converters, but we got a lot of X-Wing to talk about. I'm Matt New. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smittle. And I'm Greg Smith. And it has been an eventful two weeks. We've had uh, the Gold Squadron Championship Veteran and Ace Tournaments. We've had new squadron packs dropping with accompanying points and hyperspace changes. We'll go into all that, but first, uh, what's everyone been up to? Vaccinated. You know, got my second shot today. As did I. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Two weeks. Excellent. You know, good to party responsibly with a small number of also vaccinated people. Maybe just maybe play some in-person there. Indeed. It's on the horizon. Yep. Uh, I got to stop by our local gaming store yesterday and uh, say hi to the, the staff there. Picked up one of the new squadron packs and... Uh, Today at work, uh, for the first time in a year, I actually got to see Alex face to face. It was my first day back in the office after literally about a year and two weeks. Yeah, it was it was weird because I've been going in one day a week, usually totally on my own, isolated to get some work done. We had almost my entire team, five of the six of us were in the office, so my brain is like, oh, things are back to normal. Then I look up and I see Alex in my office doorway, and my brain just goes, this is an absolutely normal day, and it takes me about ten seconds to realize I haven't laid eyes on him in a year. Yeah, same. It had not occurred to me it had been that long until I saw you. <laughs> uh but good times, and uh, also since last we recorded, uh, Greg's got his uh, the the new one. How is the child adapting to living? <laughs> <laughs> How is she enjoying existence? <laughs> uh, doing good, doing good. We're uh, getting her to sleep, getting us some sleep, um, and the boy is having some issues adjusting, I think. But we've been hunting some imaginary alligators, and we've been killing it. So I think it's going good. Not too bad. Yeah. Well, after killing some imaginary alligators, we've had uh, the chance to kill some new ships. The new squadron packs are out and on shelves. I picked up the Phoenix Cell pack yesterday just because I felt like only spending money on one, and that had the ships that looked the coolest to me immediately. But I'm definitely going to be picking up the others as well as, oh, I've got like three waves back I've got to pick up. Uh, Anyone else uh, picked them up yet? I picked up a scum pack. I got the Imperial pack. Excellent. We've got everything covered. I just got mine delivered today. A buddy of mine on the way home from work grabbed the three of them for me. And so I guess I've made a mistake. And now I'm an Imperial player. <laughs> <laughs> I was always an Ace player. I don't, I don't. Greg has found the one true way. <laughs> Which I'm not even going to fly Aces. I'm totally going to do the... Uh, what are the the interceptor the supportive intercept interceptor Goran and Nash? Oh, yeah. I mean, get to some of that. I might fly some there. Vader, but let's be honest, I'm flying more of a swarmy list. But I did it. I bought Imperial things. It's this is my first uh, Imperial purchase of 2.0. Oh wow! Yep, that's yep. right. Yeah, you've been a lot more selective than us uh, yep. addicted completists. Yep. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, rather than go over every card and all the points in the packs, we're just going to kind of talk about some things that have jumped out at us before uh, how it's affected the one hyperspace tournament we've had with these changes. Uh, I'll go first. My first thing, again, is uh, yay, Hawks are in hyperspace. Agreed. Scum, 
Scum got all the named Hawks in hyperspace, and yet we only saw two of them flown in the Aces tournament. Only one of the new pilots, some guy flew, and uh, only only two uh, uses of Protectorate Gleb, who we're going to talk about a bit later, one in Scum and one in Empire. So the uh, we, we did see at least, I believe, one list that was a bunch of the Janata security officers, was, the Scum Y-Wings. The guy who played the five Y-Wings, Sam Dameron from Omaha. Um, he's mm-hmm. the one who went 6-0 at the original uh, Alpha Qualifier with the five Y-Wings. Yep, so he just got to uh, switch up the... He just changed faction and got some uh, got an extra PS out of it, the whole thing, I believe. So, good job there. Uh, so, Greg, you weren't in the Aces tournament, but you were, in fact, in the Veterans tournament the week prior. How did that go for you? It went great. I had one game, which is awesome that I even got one game. Donna was awesome. She sat on the floor with the new baby and Arch, and... Uh, and let me do it. Um, I actually happened to play a guy that I beat in the Jank Tank tournament. Oh, fuck. And uh, he's a really nice guy from the UK. And um, when I saw his name, I instantly like got to the room and I was like, all right, listen to this. And so I started it out with, I'm going to concede to you, but I would like to play this game. Like I was like, this game doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> I'm here for my one game. Like, because I didn't want him to take it too seriously. You know, it's his first game. I was just, you know, some people have jitters or whatever. So I was like, man, first game, you got the you got the great win here. And so I actually took um, the wrong list. So (laughs) I so you would have got a game loss. I would have disqualified myself because I played a list that I didn't submit because the night before at like, I don't know, super late. I submitted like three lists and I kept like canceling them or like just like deleting them and then like loading another one in the uh, tabletop. And uh, I forgot which one I loaded. So I was in a hurry that morning and I loaded one and I was like, Oh yeah, this one looked fun. And then <laughs> I looked on TTO and I was like, Oh man, this isn't the list that I put on here. So um, I played the wrong list, but it was super fun. I played a, just a generic, a, a, a green squadron, a wing uh, Dutch and a loaded Nora. So it was super fun. And I played against six uh, barons, um, and I almost oh, yeah. I almost won, uh, but he destroyed like two of my ships in the same turn uh, because Nora was just tanking everything, obviously, um, and just doing what she do. And I brought cluster mines, and I hit with every cluster mine, and I let's see, I killed a baron with one. Uh, he he hit one on the way to two of them. And then, so yeah, it was like all of my cluster mines were doing great. Um, and so it was a great game. It was super fun. And I don't think he did well for the rest of the day, but it was a, it was a fun game that I actually knew the guy. So it was worth it. Now, this is the most Greg thing possible. You only plan to play one game. You bring a list designed just to make your opponent laugh. You load up the wrong list, and you almost beat one of the boogeyman lists out there. Yeah, it was, it was a great. <laughs> this is literally classic Greg. <laughs> it was a great time. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Well, glad you're able to have fun with mm-hmm. that. Uh, Doug, how did the Aces tournament go for you, and what jumped out of the new stuff? Uh, as far as the new stuff, uh, I actually saw a pretty interesting interaction with uh, Protector Gleb, the Imperial, the Imperial list that brought it. Uh, he was doing Vermeil with Gleb, uh, Volt Scaris in the Interceptor, and then two Brutes with Sync laser, laser Cannons. 
Um, it's a guy I actually played in um, the hyperspace qualifier. I don't remember which uh, Sigma, yeah. Um, and we were running a near mirror match. Uh, he was doing two arcs, uh, Ada one, and I think he did Rick instead of Anakin was the difference. Um, but he was like, I wanted to run a similar type list with Imperial stuff, so I thought Brutes would work, and they haven't. <laughs> Spoilers, uh, it <laughs> did very well that tournament, or this tournament. Um, but Gleb was really neat, because uh, he would Gleb Volt to do Volt's uh, ability. So he would get a strain, and then he would pass the stress to Volt, and then he'd do a blue and clear both of them. So he was essentially getting a white coordinate and Volt's ability off, and uh, it worked out really well. Well, it was really neat. It didn't work out great for him, but I brought a pretty hard counter to him in that in that matchup. Uh, the rest of the tournament was pretty frustrating for me. Um, I had a good loss against Nobby, who's known for flying uh, resistance A-Wings, and he brought Rebel A-Wing. I have flown against Nobby yeah. before. He's a great opponent. Yep. Um, we were having a really good game, and then he one-shot Sienna, and then it wasn't as great of a game. Um, and then, I don't know, we can get into my other games later if we want to listen to me rant, but it was two opponents that just uh, played in a frustrating manner. So I went one and three and then dropped because I wasn't having a good time, but uh, that's okay. Indeed. Everybody's off tournament. Yeah. Yeah, I ended up going 0 and three and dropping with a Imperial list of Soon Tier Fell and four Inquisitors. I thought, hey, high PS aces and being able to snipe things from range with force is going to be great. And I never got the chance to do that because all three of my opponents gauged every single interaction correctly and jumped. I mean, I had the initial, I had the the PS advantage in almost every matchup, definitely in the first two, and just got smoked by opponents who knew how to fly their list much better than I did. Uh, one definite observation I can point out is that oh my god, five rebel A wings suddenly got good. Yeah, I mean, it's the new still, ships add so much to that. It's still really early, but the big thing with the Rebel Awings is they have actual pilot abilities, unlike pretty much. Yeah, they're like, fun. well, they're at least fun Jake, to fly. Yeah, and I don't yeah, think but it's too early. To yeah, it was fun to fly against. Yeah, so Doug and I got our uh, our hats handed to us there. Alex, how did you do at the Aces um, tournament? I did pretty well. I went five and one, finished second in Swiss. Um, you were on stream. I was on stream round two. Um, Watch it if you want when it comes up. Uh, it was a good game for me, anyway. Um, watch it. It was. Oh, watch the game. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Watch, watch it. it. What did I do? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Um, that game. Spoilers. I tabled a double, uh, double Delta soon here, which feels weird to do with the Bosk. But uh, I flew Fenral, Bosk, and Kanan in the Hawk. I brought new stuff. I brought a protector gleb and Morty crow on kanan and boss had zam greedo and the new gamut key crew which are also the three kanan gamut key and gleb are the three things that jumped out of me out of this wave and i put them in my list and, and it did pretty well yeah it uh they were talking about it also on uh gold squadron's recent podcast that you can and i did not know this until i had to look it up because it sounded fake so i had to check if you have two reinforced tokens on the same arc they both apply separately i had assumed it was like tractor if you have a reinforced token you are reinforced no they apply separately and so you can have somebody throwing hit crit crit into you and boss can just be like i'll take one damage indeed um i didn't realize that either that came up actually on spoilers 
shout out. I was on Fly Better last night um, for the episode that came out today. That came up there as well. That's where I learned about this interaction for the first time. But uh, shout outs to D and Ryan while we're here. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. yeah, and that's obviously not the intended interaction with Boskin Gamut. Like that's nice, but it would take a very high octane offense for you to really want to double reinforce. I literally, lower. I actually, I asked my top sixteen opponent with the HMPs. Which is where I went out. I asked, I was like, do you know if Devil Reinforce is a thing? And he was like, I don't know. I was like, well, I don't want to look it up. I'll just focus. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out if I had a second wow. round, I couldn't have jammed both of them. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, so how how well did uh, Gleb work out uh, for you? Gleb there? is great, man. Um, even if I'm not using Gleb every turn, which I'm not, because I want Kanan to do things as well, um, just the two points for a red coordinate alone is insanely undercosted proportionally like that should be five to six points but then the ability to pass the stress or another red token with it um gleb is really good i don't think if you're playing scum i have a crew slot gleb should start there i think um it's a little different on empire and fo because most of their ships with crew already have red coordinate but uh, I, th- I believe they all do have a red or white coordinate yeah, for them. Yeah. Like, yeah, I would say it's still probably worth the two points to situationally make your coordinate white for you to make it a red action. Like, Agreed. No, yeah, I definitely uh, think it's it's things. effectively a slightly less. Uh, it's like tactical officer, which is six points, yeah. which get, you know, turns your red coordinate white, but it you, someone's still getting stressed. This by one, it. but this also uh, adds the coordinate, which tactical officer doesn't. Right. Like that alone, which well, six points in my opinion. Well, we're talking about for Empire. Oh, that's fair. That's for fair. for Empire, and then yeah. Well, uh, someone was mentioning, I believe it was on Gold Squadron, the ability to use it on a Reaper to decide whether or not you want to ailerons next turn. Yeah, which is what my guy did in in the Aces tournament. I mean, he did it every time because Volt was just going to do a blue because he was strained anyway. But uh, but in theory, on a Reaper, sense. it's pretty useful. Yeah, for that. Club's um, definitely yeah. ridiculously undercosted. I think. It's. I mean, this is all very early reactions still, but he mm-hmm. seems, she seems crazy good. Yes, she really does. Um, yeah. Uh, now, were any other cards that weren't in your list jumping out at you during the tournament from the new stuff, Alex? I mean, not really off the, off the cuff because I saw the things that jumped out and was like, I'm going to build those in a list. Um, I'm not much of a rebel or empire player. I am really intrigued by the new A-Wings and it, it feels weird to say I'm going to go buy a pack that's mostly A-Wings and fly them on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I do think the A-Wings are really interesting, especially Sabine and Wedge, Ahsoka and Hera. Greg's going to fly Empire. Alex is going to try out Rebels. Up is down, night is day, dogs and cats living together. Yeah, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. This is, these new packs are just really interesting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think they, they add a lot of variance to the game. Uh, Gleb, obviously very efficient. I don't know enough to say undercosted yet. Kind of feels that way, but we've had all of one tournament to see it in. And there's been a you were the most successful user there. There's been a weird thing in second edition where I felt like a lot of coordinating abilities and ships have been ridiculously good, and then they're just not popular. Like, people refuse to embrace coordinate as an action, yeah. which is, I'm fine with, because I don't like coordinate as an action in the game, but, like, I can't see how this isn't really good at two points. Just because of the variety of things you can put it on, like, giving a quad jumper the ability to coordinate is, it just adds to its utility even more, things like that. Um, there's so many, oh, sorry. 
So there's so many applications in Scum alone that yeah. it feels like could really break stuff open. Like like a nom lum, a large base blocker who can also coordinate. Like, yeah, or a, a like a freighter yeah. captain. Yeah. For like the the Falcon is a really tanky chassis for its cost. You put a two point coordinate on it, and it has decent blues, and even then it can pass off the stress if it needs to. Very like, true. That's a very tanky blocker yeah. that can also coordinate. That seems useful. Yeah. One of the thoughts I was having was uh, putting it actually on a Saj. Because you gave me the idea with uh, you having Kanan carrying it, even if Kanan uses the coordinate, he still got force there yeah. for the turn for and, funny abilities. Asajj kind of fits in the same thing. The stress. She really yeah. does. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's the thing is, is Gleb is so cheap that you can put it on something like Asajj, and you don't have to coordinate every turn to get value out of it. Like if you get one good coordinate off in a game, that's worth two points. It's yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, uh... Get that. Gleb seems ridiculous. Oh. Gleb does seem really, really good. Yeah. Well, although my uh, my record on the day was poor, I definitely have to thank my opponents, uh, including actually my third round opponent, uh, our listener, Robert Hilton out there. Robert, you gave me a great game and uh, had a lot of fun. He was flying a very uh, Smittle-like list with, uh, I believe it was Bosk, Fen, and Nam Lum. Yes, there were, there were there. two, three Bosk, Fen lists in the tournament. Me, uh, him, and then a Fosk, a Fosk, a Bosk fan, and Tarok, who I actually played in round four. So, yeah, Bosk is coming back, I think. That, uh, People love Bosk. Yeah, putting him in hyperspace, giving him a points discount. Uh, you know, you've been a fan of Bosk for quite a while, Alex. Maybe too long. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I've been playing Bosk for... I, I played Bosk pretty, pretty exclusive, like, fan Bosk list, pretty exclusively from, like, when Fen came out in late 2016 until 2018. Yeah. Uh, I also got to start out the day with a battle of the mats against Matt Philippi in the 5A wings. Uh, man, just seeing what that list could do. I made the mistake of thinking that my intercept, my little tie advance, the V1s with force, would be able to uh, outmaneuver and outjoust A wings, and I was incorrect. Uh, mathematically, they're identical, but the much better abilities on the A-Wings out there really did a number on me. So I made some poor choices, and he absolutely capitalized there. My second round, uh, before the tournament, Craig Walker and I had been joking about seeing each other at 0-5 in round 6, and we saw each other at 0-1 in round 2. <laughs> and he proceeded to uh, absolutely just... Show me the door with four selfless X-Wings and uh, Hobby carrying Thread Tracers. I didn't let him get the Thread Tracers off, but oh boy, selfless, still good. One of the most underappreciated talents in the game still, I think. Uh, damage passing meant I couldn't kill a ship for the entire game. I got almost all his ships down to a fraction of health, but he just kept realizing I could almost go up and point and he goes, no, wait, I'm going to selfless that crit over there onto the shields. And I just went, oh. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, I can't be salty at all because all my opponents flew really well. And uh, you guys knew I'd been probably kind of feeling a little out of my depth in an Aces tournament. And, uh, you know, props to you, Doug, you've been really trying to boost my confidence through the whole thing. And even going 0-3, I felt I did really well against what are effectively the top tier of opponents. So, Finishing, uh, I did not finish dead last in the tournament. I finished, I believe, one above dead last. So, not, if you're not I, last, uh, you're first, after all. 
And that's definitely okay. one thing I felt as well is like uh, even with my frustrating opponents, they all played really well. Um, it, it definitely it felt like a tournament of people who knew what they were doing, which was a, a pretty unique experience. It really did. It was awesome. And yeah, it's weird because in tournaments, especially in this last year, with this marking pretty much a year since we've been away from in-person X-wing, and a lot of these online tournaments for some people have been their first tournaments. I heard that from quite a few opponents over the past year. And as we found out, you know, as you're learning to play X-Wing, especially in an online environment, picking up a lot of the basics can be can be slow, can be daunting. And there were occasionally those opponents that in combat sports, you call an opponent like that a fish. They're one that's just there to get tossed around for a while. Yeah, and hopefully they learn from it. Well. But in an Aces tournament, I, I was the fish. <laughs> I was getting my you know, head handed to me. But even in the qualifiers, I felt like over this last year, we've seen a lot of names pop up that hadn't before. We've seen a lot of new archetypes come up. It's been it's been really interesting. But you know, again, props to all the opponents that I faced. They were uh, they made it a fun day. Zero and three never felt so good. Like Sam, I played against seven awesome opponents. Uh, mad shout out to Dan uh, Shireb, is I believe how he pronounces it. I'm gonna put mm -hmm. um, for the awesome top sixteen game where he just beat me down with his HMPs. I was not prepared for what he could do, and he flew amazingly. Yeah. Also, what's this rumor that you hate Europe? That's yeah, not a rumor. I just only beat Europeans in the Aces tournament. I played my first five rounds were all against Europeans, and then my loss in Swiss was to an American, Steve, who ended up winning the whole thing. But then Europe got its revenge in the cut. So I think me and Europe are cool now. <laughs> uh, uh, one of the other things that people have been talking about is the Zam Wessel boogeyman that has been really prevalent, especially in hyperspace tournaments. Didn't see uh, a whole lot of uh, Zam coming out more people wanted to play the new stuff it looked like yeah um this is uh like i know dion uh before the cut explained why he allowed the new stuff and i understand it um but it's why i wasn't a huge fan of the new stuff being allowed in the aces tournament like it was the it was the epitome of a long series of events that he'd had and then with five days of prep time people just kind of threw it everything you know under the bus and took totally new stuff um I think Zam is still ridiculously good. I just I think people were attracted to the new stuff and wanted to try it out rather than playing the known elements. I did the same thing. I did too. Oh, I didn't have a choice. But I was going to, even if I did have a choice, consider strongly flying the new stuff instead of the six form. Um, luckily, the choice was taken from me. I, on the other hand, have still yet to figure out where I'm comfortable in hyperspace. So I was kind of ambivalent about new stuff, old stuff, until I saw Soon here and I thought... Soon here is supposed to be really good. Here's the thing. I have zero reps with Soon here. I did great at lining up Bullseye with his ability half the time. I mean, I, I've i generally been pretty good at positioning, and I'm like, oh, with some practice, I could probably be good with Soon here. I should have had more of that practice before going into the Aces tournament. You never have too much practice when it comes to Soon here. Yeah. It was just happened to also be the five days before the tournament happened to be the five days everybody locally was just swamped or busy, and I didn't have the chance for any practice and I got one 30 minute prep game in Friday night that was all the prep we did yeah it's been uh it's been busy but now we've got this uh this series 
under our belts. We've got uh, Gold Squadron's got some upcoming stuff. They just put up things for uh, a Galactic Qualifier season that'll be going through a good portion Until of October, the summer November. and yeah into the fall. So that's going to be a really interesting thing. If you guys are interested in that, or if you've heard us talking about these tournaments and you want to get in on it, go to GoldSquadronPodcast.com and check it out. Uh, even though a lot of us will be hopefully returning to in-person play over the course of these months, they're going to keep the TTS tournament scene going, So, which is great. I mean, one of the things I love about it, I've got to play a whole lot of folks not U.S. players, and that's been fun. I haven't had that opportunity since Worlds 2018. I was going to say the same thing. I played against people from four different countries, I think, over on Saturday and Sunday. Like, that's awesome, and that's... Something you can only get once or twice a year in person, but TTS really brings us all together. That was cheesy, but I mean it. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my favorite things about online play. It's I kind of like I document like where the people are that I play, and I think that's just really cool. And like I said, I played yeah. a guy from the UK that I'd already played before, and we were talking like we'd known each other for years just because we played before, and it, it, it's super right. neat. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because locally we play each other all the time. So if we get matched up in a tournament, it's often kind of funny. But yet people that we don't see on a regular basis, you play them once and then six months later you go to a tournament and play them again. You haven't seen each other for half a year and you sit down and you're like, well, here we are again. <laughs> you might have had 30 opponents in the meantime, but it, it builds that familiarity. That's great. Uh, there are folks that I've played... Uh, some of the folks up in Greg's neck of the woods that I've played at some like mid Kansas tournaments that we've developed almost a rivalry over four years of X-Wing only having played three times, but it's become kind of a, all right, this is going to be the time I get you. You know, we never play at big tournaments, but when it happens, it's just this cool, you know, Hey, remember when? And it's neat to see that persists on TTS as well. Indeed. So uh, props to actually to uh, the eventual winner of the tournament, uh, Steve Cotillo, who was your six-round opponent, Indeed. Alex, and went uh, went undefeated uh, through the whole tournament. He he langaloned it, as we can call that now. I don't know if that's going to catch on, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his list was, as we mentioned earlier, uh, Commander Gorin in the TIE Interceptor with Predator, and four Black Squadron Scouts, that's the Initiative 3 TIE Striker, with Disciplined and Thermal Detonators. Uh, folks in the chat were calling that acceptable losses. That's, that is a super efficient, high damage output list. Yep. Oh, I felt it. Um, also, Steve mm. named it on the podcast line last night, is Bigoron's Bumps. Um, if so we have competing names from Fly Better. We're gonna be calling it Bigoron's Bumps, um, which feels weird. But uh... I said, I've seen Goron's Gang. Is what I've that's, seen. That's that's a good one too. Goron's Gang. But uh, for those who haven't looked into it, Commander Goron has the ability, and uh, I'm trying to remember this one. If a friendly ship is it at range zero to three, uh, that is lower initiative. Lower initiative than you, that's what it is. If a friendly ship at lower initiative than you, uh, which all the strikers are, because Goron's an I-4, uh, if they partially execute a maneuver, they can take a red focus action. The key to this is that the striker's aileron's ability counts as a maneuver. So they bump someone with the ailerons, 
take a red focus, do a blue maneuver, and then take an evade, and you've got a super defensive, more defensive than their two green dice would give you. Shit, that's still throwing three attack dice out there. Plus, you've got thermal detonators for area control. Plus, you've got disciplined. If you pop one of them, the rest of them are all going to take a target lock that's on you. That's why I lost the game. <laughs> yeah. It's because I popped one and then Bosk died. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that just seems. Also, Ooh. I was in Bomb Hell. Um, Bomb Hell killed uh, Commandant Gorin, who I always want to call Commissioner Gorin. That's what my brain always wants <laughs> to do. <laughs> yes. Commandant Gordon has been going through my mind, so I'm glad it's not just me. But uh, he, Gorin died to Bomb Hell as well, but uh, it was still enough um, the last three strikers to burn down Kanan and Fen. Um, it's a nasty list. Um, I don't know if he caught lightning in a bottle, or if, and we were just all unprepared, or if it's a really solid list, but it was nasty to play against. Uh, it almost seems like, and this just seems like a, a weird sacrifice yourself to save the troops, if you intentionally kill Gorin to give everybody else that you have a target lock just to get that last bit of damage in that could possibly win you the game, that seems like a weird, like, that's a rebel thing to do. But, you know, Imperials sacrifice everybody else to do that. Disciplined is like, the boss just threw himself on a grenade for us. Everybody get this him. This works on that's... the strikers, too. It could be, oh, my buddy just died. So let's kill his yeah. dude. Goran's here, too, to back us up. Like, I think it's a really solid list. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, it's a nightmare in person, though. Never play this in person. <laughs> because of all of the training, all of the bumping with the ailerons and the regular maneuvers, and then having to set thermal detonators, just a nightmare to play on a table. <laughs> oh god! Uh, and uh, also, sh shout out to uh, Matt Carey of the Midwest Scrubcast, who went four and two in the Swiss and fought his way to the finals. We actually had uh, Rebel versus Empire finals with new ships. He was running uh, Hera in the A wing with pro proton rockets, Ahsoka with proton rockets. Uh, Naked Luke and a Blue Squadron escort. So that uh, Rebels versus Imperials, new ships front and center, you couldn't have scripted a better finals than that. On paper, the matchup, the matchup went solidly Steve's way. I mean, it was a close game for quite a while, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, watching it, it, kind of, it, it felt like Steve was in control for most of it. Uh, was up on points for a huge chunk of that game. Right. Yeah, yeah, but even it started yeah, off it, in it, Matt's favor, and then uh, like Ahsoka got wrecked from one shot, and it swung really hard. But like, I, I think it was a pretty good final overall. Like, have it, have yeah, it I thought it definitely was. Thought it was a back and forth final. Um, he was also on. He was also on Fly Better last night, but uh, he thinks it was, he thought it was, he thought he was losing for most of the game. Which I guess I feel like everyone feels like in the finals of a tournament. Like I always mm -hmm. feel like I'm losing in the finals, and half the time I am. I wouldn't know. Man, cuts are hard. It's hard to win all those games in a row after winning a bunch of games in a row the previous day. That sounds like a really weird humble. No, it's brag. not. I'm saying like everyone like cuts are hard. That's why they're crap shoots. Like it's hard to to string together two back to back awesome tournaments. Like which is essentially what the cut is. And effectively, yeah, that's what it is. You know, two days of going undefeated. So Steve was amazing there. Uh, We'd seen, again, you know, Fawn in the initial Galactic qualifiers do it twice, but that was with, you know, not only is he an amazing player, he was playing a list that was incredibly powerful at the time. You had, you know, the perfect storm there. 
But we've also seen uh, in players like, I believe, Sebastian Demers and ah, the other one escapes me. But uh, players who went four and two won their tournament and got that field promotion into the ace tier for it. That, you know, just shows you that even if you did that, oh, I squeaked into the cut at like 16th. You can still go all the way. In fact, I was looking at some stats. That's kind of, Doug, that is your wheelhouse to, you know, hey, I bubbled my way into the cut and then I smashed them all. You've had a number of uh, wins like that, including making top eight by finishing ninth once. I mean, yeah, that was a 20-person tournament, but sure. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> have I, yeah. I finished higher than you in that tournament. Well, yeah. <laughs> Like, that's how that's what you're supposed to do with cuts if somebody who makes the cut can't play you're supposed to fill them up with the next person right and yeah, i just you know find that kind of amusing so it's again that's kind of a, a weird thing that oftentimes you see people who go undefeated in the cut because i believe at warfare you were top in the swiss weren't I you alex indeed. at the st louis swiss and you went out in the top 16 Correct, round yeah yeah, out of the top 32, which was, you know, again, still, you managed to win one more game and then uh, go well with that. And then, uh, Doug, you, you know, you won that entire Nationals. And where did you finish in Swiss was on that? Ninth. I was five and one. Okay. So, you know, again, it's one of those things where you guys have drilled it into my head that Swiss is the grind. The cut can often be a crapshoot. What I found are the times that I've made the cut, which, I'm joking that I am the Milwaukee Brewers of X-Wing and that since second edition, I have made seven cuts and won none of them. Kind of like constantly making the postseason and never getting the series. Uh, I've found, for me at least, that making it to the cut often puts me in a... I, I lose my my chill. I I immediately go to like first round nerves and jitters and start making dumb mistakes. Yeah, and that's, that's perfectly it, reasonable. Like I still get nervous yeah. entering cuts and... Yeah, well, especially the thing is, I got to clarify that. If it's a second round cut, I will lose momentum. If it's a same day cut, then I tend to do really well because I've got that old man endurance going. I was just going to say that I'm the same way. In one day events as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every time, well, every time, twice that I've had a second day cut, I get out on the top 32. So, but the times where I've made a cut and played the same day, I've at least made it one farther. At minimum, mm-hmm. yeah, that's part of why cuts are crapshoots, um, especially for a two day cut. Along with matchups, can screw you. Um, you can just be off that day, it's a whole nother day for yeah. you just to not be as on as you were the day before. It's really hard to play perfectly for 10 rounds, yeah. yeah. And it's even harder yeah. if there's a eight to ten hour break in between Indeed. four of those rounds. Like, on, yeah, didn't I? I was trying to think, like, if you're on a roll, but at Warfare, I think I lost my first two games and won my next four. Yeah, because you, Doug, you beat, me. Your way into Doug beat me in like the second round. I lost my first round. Doug I beat me. I lost my first round and then won the rest. Yeah. And uh, I just remember just being like, dude, my momentum was so bad. And, but I got slaughtered by the guy who went undefeated the whole time. Oh, here's one. He went undefeated the entire time and then lost in the top 32. Yeah. That, uh, that droid swarm guy. Yeah. He was so, you could do cuts are just crazy. Indianapolis guy, uh, Zach Bart. Zach Bart. Zach yeah. Bart is notorious for that. Like yeah. he has, he's top Swiss in a lot of major tournaments, and then he'll just go out immediately in the cut. That's like, a big deal when he won LVO. Like, yeah. 
Right. Uh, I was going to say, I was there in person to watch him win LVO by going undefeated and then watching him uh, just play that flawlessly. And he was running a list that takes some definite concentration for, and he was like ice cold the whole time. So, you know, one of the things I got to see going out early was in the chat. There are a lot of people that went O2 drop. There are a couple that went O3 drop, 1-3 drop. So I got to see in the tournament chat as things were going on, a couple people were feeling a little, not necessarily disgruntled, but, oh man, I made it all the way to aces and then scrubbed out. And I've, I've felt that way before. Not this time, luckily, because I came in with low expectations, so I was fine. But one of the things I can say, if you're one of those people that feels disappointed when you make it to a cut and losing the top eight or top 16, or you make your way into an event that you think, you know, hey, this is my chance, and it falls out from under you, don't get discouraged because, you know, any given Sunday is the the football phrase, but we've seen people come out of nowhere to win some of these tournaments. We've seen people who are you know, as, as big names, as big names get in X-Wing, absolutely scrub out of qualifiers. It really just depends on sometimes the dice are with you, sometimes you get great matchups, and sometimes you just get hard countered. So I I feel really good in saying that people who uh, might have started this last year of X-Wing kind of learning their way and feeling their way through it and then making it to the Aces tournament, that's an achievement. So... Whether you went 6-0 and or 0-2 drop, feel proud of where you made it. Heck, even if you made it into the recruits tournament and did that, you made your way through a qualifier and a second tournament. That's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, the online world's quite a bit different than from like when Spinal and I started, but uh, I think it took both of us well over a year before we started consistently doing well at things. Agree. Like, I feel like I didn't start consistently cutting until I until like 2018, like three yeah. years. Well, I mean, in. you cut in your first ever regional. Yeah, but... consistently. <laughs> I did, yeah, first ever regional, and I won one randomly in there too. But like when I started consistently making events, it was three years of playing ten games a week, pretty much. Doug and I went hard back in the day. Oh, I, I recall you guys were out at one store on Mondays yeah, we would see you, and then you'd be three, at... we'd go to three week. game nights a week, and we'd probably play two of the other nights at home. Like yeah. we played a lot, and like it was still, uh, I think, well into a year before I went like three and zero at a local like Friday night event sort of thing. Like it's like X Wings, it's tough to consistently do well at X Wing. Like there, there's so many variables, and like any any sort of success you have, you should you should be proud of. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Like most yeah. of my opponents that I played on Saturday, they were like, "I'm just happy to be here." I was like, "Me too, man. Me yeah. too." Like, we managed aces. That's that's anything past that is gravy or icing. You preferred yeah. topping, and they should be <laughs> because seems reasonable. Making it to the to lose two aces, two other aces to be one of those zero and one, zero and two, zero and three, whatever. Like you were talking about, Matt. So if if people did, you know do poorly in that tournament they were losing to other aces so yeah yeah, the the to to think that you know oh i made it all the way here and i didn't do a good job is is kind of backwards thinking in my opinion you made it all the way there and there just happened to be really great players and you got matched up with something that you know and especially you and alec actually every all three of you flew something that uh you weren't planning to fly 
and two, uh, Alex and Matt, you guys had to really revamp it. We didn't have a choice. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So, you know, it's weird because like I said, yeah, Doug, you've kind of made a habit out of switching up your list for every single tournament in the last couple of years. You know, I don't know if you have you taken the same list of two tournaments in a row since second edition has started? Yeah, I won Crossroads and Warfare with Sun Falcon Six Cultures. Right, right. That was still <laughs> in a few week period. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can actually tell but, how I'm feeling about the game with how much I change up lists. If I run the same thing a lot, it's usually because I'm bored of the current meta. Well, so I just run something I know. Yeah. I've tried to do it, but I usually do it just because I'm flailing looking for something until I find something that. You know, works for me, and I'll run it into the ground. Same team. Yeah, that's, that <laughs> yeah. is objectively the correct way to do things. It's much more consistent. Like, mm-hmm. so whenever you change things up, while uh, frequently you sometimes just uh, have stinkers of tournaments because you don't know your list. Yeah, and it's funny because uh, we joked about you know crossroads when that's when I started doing really well with what we were calling the Saratessum special, the uh, Obi Wan with CLT two torrents, an arc, and under crossroads shit back then. That was Delta B.O.B. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Delta yes, B.O.B.? It was Delta B.O.B., Delta B. Plo, and a loaded out Rick. Oh, that was the... the, 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 was the that, that was the other one. Oh, Sarah was the other one. Okay, that's fair. But Yeah, but way, I was doing was really well with that. Yeah. yeah, I was doing really well with that until the points changed, which suddenly made it 200 points, and I no longer had control over initiative. And I always like, you know, I always say, hey, I'm fine with going first or second. But I got really used to being able to choose with that list. And suddenly having to change my approaches, being on the back foot, it was just enough of a disruption that I went into a slump. And when we started this podcast, I was on that slump. And you guys, uh, longtime listeners, had heard me gripe about it. And then I said, okay, I'm going to switch it up. I started going with the... Uh, four Jedi Knights and Broadside and started doing amazing with that. And that ju- that's just the way it goes. When you Sometimes when you run a list and it's run its course, maybe new things have come out that make it, that change its position in the meta. Maybe there are points changes. Don't be afraid to change things up. Maybe even move out of your wheelhouse a little. That's actually- hey, this is a world where Greg Smith just picked up some Imperial ships and Alex is flying a faction with R in its I gotta name. Say- on that so, note, um, when I started consistently doing well in Xing is when I put down my Fen Rao. It's like he wasn't working, so I started just choosing medalists and playing them until I cut in a regional. That's how I started doing like that. That six month spread is what elevated my game, in my opinion, from pretty good to consistently good. That's why during this last league, I forced myself to not run Kylo or Imperial Aces. Well, I didn't have the choice of Imperial Aces, but that's why I didn't run Kylo. <laughs> Tie for... Fighter Aces. Yeah. Well, I guess it was half hyperspace type extent. The point is, the, I forced myself to branch out into things I don't normally run, uh, specifically for that reason. Like it's, but, it's really easy to get complacent with stuff you know and actually start flying worse than you should, just because you're so used to it. You're not thinking as much as you should. You're kind of like mm-hmm. autopiloting a lot of things. Yeah. Why well, you gotta do me dirty and fly Kylo in the final though? Well, because it was the final. He wants to win. And I, was I mean, prepping. you're just like you're just doing this. Right. I was busy prepping time. for an Aces tournament so that I could change right. my list for no reason and do poorly. All right. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus, um, get with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, this is a sore spot. I can tell. I love you. I'm only mad because I predicted the meta wrong, and well, I predicted my matchups wrong. And if I just taken the list I've been practicing, it would have been way better the entire time. Anyway, I want to talk about one thing Newt talked about, touched on, is uh, the initiative choice. 
one way that also I feel like elevated my game super hard is learning to be comfortable flying aces as the first ship. Um, and that happened three times this weekend. I played against an I-6 moving after Fen, and I won every single game. Um, if you can learn how to get comfortable flying your aces moving first, obviously moving second is better. But when the choice comes to where you can have a better list by not having a bid, if you're comfortable flying the aces, go first. Um, and that's something that's really worth learning how to do. Yeah, that that hurt me a lot. Both, you know, times like when against uh, Fenrau and against Hera, both having to have Soontir move first, I just felt like, oh, I'm never going to shoot you. Yeah, indeed. That's why I got really lucky Bosk one shot that Soontir. <laughs> <laughs> People are going to talk about that one for a while. Uh, it was That was quite lucky. I mean, he spent his focus on offense and forgot I got a target lock for free when he shot, which is unfortunate for him. Um, but yeah, like every time, it's a different game when your ace is moving first. But if you can get comfortable playing that different game while also playing your main ace game against chips when you're moving after them you can be a really strong spot and it can really up your game absolutely uh one of the things that you just reminded me of also uh, a moment that i want to shout out in my round three game remember when was it ah, which system open was it with the uh the infamous quick draw over the rock to take the kill the shot denver system open, i think the, De the denver system open uh so my third round game I'm flying against Robert Hilton and his uh, Fen Nam boss list. And I think Soon here is safe, taking a turn to disengage. So he sloops, thinking, I'm close to the edge of the board. I can come back in the next turn. Robert takes his boss, who is sitting on a debris cloud, off the debris cloud, taking a stress in the process, over a rock, taking a damage in the process, clears the rock, takes a range three shot at Soon here. And I blank out on my dice. And I'm just going, what, what, what just happened here? Soon here, the one time I was like, it's safe. I can turn around. And Bosk just comes like a freight train out of hell with no mods to throw a, uh, rolls two hits, changes one into a crit with BT1 because I'm stressed. I blank out. He uses the Bosk ability to kill me in one shot. And I'm just sitting here going, What? And it, you know, it's the Anchorman meme. I'm not even mad. That was amazing. <laughs> uh, it just sometimes that stuff happens, and uh, I remember more than once as a boxer, I would get hit hard and just knocked on my ass, and not be you know, oh, that's bad. The wow, I got hit really hard, and I didn't see that coming nice and it kind of felt that way it was the you know that was the the haymaker that no one predicted and i lost soon here on it and i just went oh well that has absolutely tilted this game <laughs> nice can't even be mad at that you know good on you for taking the gutsy move there robert that was amazing uh you know seeing opponents do things like that i i have to admit i do not mind losing when my opponent does it by doing the kind of things I love to do, taking those big risks, going for the all the damage at once, because that's that's fair X-Wing to me. He's such a rebel player, Matt. It's terrible. Well, but, uh, yeah. Uh, guilty as big charged. Damage, all Although, at once, rebel player. Am I, am I rebel enough to try the new A-Wing? I'm not sure. Just for fun. Hey, like, I absolutely it should. It fun, let alone if one does well with them they just look awesome you, pro tip you, if you want to fly rebel a-wings like rebel player just bring sabine and wedge true 
Yeah. <laughs> those are jousting A-wings right there. Yeah, you should totally fly those A-wings because you've been flying a lot of interceptors. And so maybe, right, it'll, uh, well. maybe it'll be good practice. Now, it's funny because this is a, another side tangent. A fallacy often is to get lost in statistics. Uh, I do this a lot because I like looking at math and spreadsheets to think it kind of gives me some control over the game. And it doesn't because there's a random element always. Uh, I know Alex and Doug and I, we've all talked that one of our favorite movies is Moneyball. Uh, I've been trying to Moneyball X-Wing for a while. And I think this has been part of my problem that I've been looking at my track record and going, wow, I've done historically best with Imperial lists. Inquisitors are good in Imperials. Soontir is good in Imperial. QED, I should run Soontir and Inquisitors. Not realizing it's literally, it's not just math. You can't just plug those things in there. And also looking back and going, the Imperial wins I've had have not been with Ace's lists. They've been with things like Hatchet Man and Imperial Beef and things like that. You know, things that are in my, hey, I'm going to joust you play style. So I, I was looking at the wrong data and derived a bad conclusion from it. Don't be like me, kids. Learn from my mistakes. That's, at least that's my mistakes. role here. So... It was worth it was worth it if you learn from the from the mistakes, in my opinion. I'll let everybody learn from my mistakes. My purpose in life is to be a cautionary tale. I would say if you want to learn how to fly aces, you just gotta fly an ace every every game for months. That's why before Fen came out, I was like, I've never I was not an ace player before Fen Rao came out in first edition. So I spent the summer hmm. before Fen Rao, between when he was announced in the spring to when he came out in the fall, just playing the Grand Inquisitor. Like just to learn how to play aces. He was just the Inquisitor back then. There was only one of them. And actually, as a cheap plug here, if you want to learn how to fly Ace as well, uh, go to our YouTube page and watch the first match uh, between Greg and Doug in the finals of the Von Greg Open because Doug puts on a clinic for flying Ace. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Don't watch it. Just watch the first five turns. Don't watch. Hey, Doug, I was thinking if you wanted to do a commentary on that, I think that'd be kind of fun because it kind of shows uh, my perspective as a, I'm not going to call it a swarm uh, because it was only like five ships. But if people don't understand how to either not joust or engage as an ace or react to an ace with my lower initiative, that could be kind of cool. Yeah, I think that would be neat. I'd be down for doing that sometime. All right, let's, let's look into that. But yeah, that's pretty much, uh, we've had a good, you know, as, as good as the past year can have been, we've managed to see the X-Wing community come together, uh, you know, props like, to, Dion yeah, saved the game. Dion, yeah, Dion and Gold Squadron there, uh, support from Flybetter and Farmer and D-Yoon, D-Yoon who has done the lion's share of judging for all these events, uh, seriously though. All of us owe a lot to him to the fact to the point where AMG is literally instead of putting out errata, they're just telling D. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean, until I get an official website to do it, I think that's one of the best ways to get it out into the community. Yeah. As an example, uh, Protectorate Gleb, as printed on the card, has some really abusive combos with Hondo Onaka. So they immediately said, no, 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 you can only pass the tokens to a friendly ship. And the official X-wing squad builder has that wording now. Yeah. Also, can you imagine for a but, second if it didn't have that wording and how much we like Gleb Oh, I, I would have gone with the most like, abusive Gleb Hondo yeah. list. Of, yeah. Oh, right? I'd have been all over it. Yeah. yeah like... But again, to that point, the uh, 
the fact that we've had people like uh, Darren McDowell, the other uh, judge who's been working most of these events, uh, thanks to all the hard work they've been doing, uh, it really started with Fly Better's Jank Tank Open last, uh, was that August, I think? We had a couple months of nothing going on. Uh, The the Uh, Jank Tank Open was around the time, like it was around a year ago now. When it started, yeah, yeah okay, I think yeah. it was right, was a like very instant reaction to quarantine. What can we do? Right, yeah, yeah. because it was so we, we, we saw a lot of about online at the time, so they just wanted something yeah. casual to get people yeah. into it. Yeah, because people were and, like and freaking out, great. so it was kind of their answer at the time. Absolutely, and we've seen you know as we've endured this year as best we can, and things are still going to be like this for a little while longer. It's going to be. You know, probably, I don't know if we're going to see sanctioned X-Wing tournaments in 2021 at all. Uh, I know we're not seeing any system opens or anything like that this year, but we've still got a great community out there. We've had a lot of folks uh, come in in this year, and some people have been playing in these tournaments and might not even have played Meat Space on table X-Wing against an opponent yet. And we can't wait to be across the table from you. Uh, Thanks to everybody from the top down that's been making this happen our local game stores the people at ffg and now amg the podcasters that have made it you know a community still it's been uh it's been rough but hey we uh we're hopeful that things are gonna be turning around soon indeed um, not us though as far as podcasters go we've done nothing for the community <laughs> <laughs> i think it no i i have to, i have to say uh, every tournament i've been to I have come against either one opponent or whoever I've met up with in the uh, uh, attendance room has said, oh, I recognized your voice from your podcast. And I'm like, oh. It's zero. Nobby thought he might have heard of our podcast. <laughs> I told him it's probably because he Nobby had better have heard of our podcast. He and I talked about it for our entire day. Get, oh, you sound familiar. And I'm like, well, I have a podcast. They're like, no, that's not it. That's <laughs> what I usually get. That's so good. It's all about the that's one tweet. In 2018 X, 2018 worlds, about if we were going to get effect. That's Three all I put in. What a podcast! No, that's not. That's it. not it's, it. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Have you called the member service center lately? <laughs> oh no, but it's it's been a, a heck of a year. Uh, it's been a an endurance test, and uh, I'm glad to have it. I'm glad to have you guys. That's you. been a uh, this podcast has been a, uh, a high point I, I at least. Agree. No. What did you say? To I said Matt and Greg are great. Oh, okay. I think said I'll only add Greg, and I was like, "Yeah, we only added Greg." Like, <laughs> that's it. Uh, I don't think Doug and I expected to spend twenty-four hours a day, every day for a year together. Yeah, we expected it to happen. Really? It's not like just like all in this. Yeah, like not not simultaneous. Some of it was supposed to happen in Game Cafe. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, haven't you guys worked at the same place like at three different jobs? We have, now? but there was always there's a some decent gaps in between. We have had three jobs together though. And when I, I imagine, you know, even though you guys have been roommates for years now, when you're not quarantined, it's easier to at least you know get some space. Hey, I'm gonna go out to dinner. I'm gonna go out to a movie. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and yeah, I feel real bad for Taylor, our third roommate, who did not sign up for 24 hours. <laughs> oh god poor one out for uh, Seriously, Seriously, like he's a broken man now 
I've only had to do like a few road trips with you guys, and that's that's enough for like you know months in between. It should be. Uh, <laughs> but on that note, rather than sit around and get maudlin about it, uh, shout outs this week. Uh, all our opponents in the tournament, you guys are what make these online events fun. Uh, yeah, our father Bob Howe, who was not in the uh, the tournament here. Uh, I'd so. like to shout out D and Ryan again for having me on Flybagger last night. That was so much fun, and. Uh, yeah, you should have won the ABZ. I agree. It was rigged. I, I, I yelled rigged. D also yelled rigged. Oh, D, you were the judge. <laughs> you can't say it was rigged. <laughs> Who thinks Qui Gon Jinn is a master of ethics? Come on. Also, Boris <laughs> Fayela so... isn't even in this canon anymore, and he let Coruscant fall to the Yuuzhan Vong. It's beside the point. <laughs> Nerd. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, also, shout out to uh, the child. Uh, you know, young young Grogu, who we got to hear a little bit before we went live this podcast. Yep, yep, she's doing amazing. She's keeping me on my toes for sure. All right, well, guys, uh, again, like we said, if you're looking for more online tournaments, Gold Squadron set up the entire 2021 Galactic Qualifier season. Tickets are open now, so uh, go register for that. We'll probably be in a bunch of them, so you'll get to come fly against us. Uh, Looking forward to what's coming next. We don't have any news on the horizon, so we'll see what comes up in the next two weeks and uh, hopefully have some great content for you in the meantime. Uh, for Tashi Station Radio, I'm Matt. I'm Doug. I'm Alex. And I'm Greg. And we will see you next time. I don't know what to chant. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I was going to chant Ace, yeah, but that's Smith, Smith, kind of me. Smith, 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 Smith. I don't love chanting my own name. Yeah, but you had an amazing tournament. Thank you. Steve Petillo! Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this episode of Toshi Station Radio. Be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Toshi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast, on Twitter at Toshi Station XW, on Twitch at Toshi Station X-Wing, and on YouTube at Toshi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash ToshiStationXWing and toss us a few credits to help keep the huts off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.